Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, to the Harley and Josh show, but no Harley. So it's the lonely old Josh show once again, it seems. Harley is now away as part of a band on a cruise ship. I believe it's a PNO one between Hull and Rotterdam. So he's going to be away for seven weeks, uh, plying his trade on the boat. Usually what happens with that is that you sort of, you're part of the band, you've got a set repertoire, and then you do about three or four sets per night, every night of the week uh, for a couple months. Sometimes you might get a day off, but it's it's, it's quite far and you know, few and far between that you do. So um, yeah, good luck, Carly. We we hope you don't drown, mate. Just stay afloat and you'll be all right. Or if not, use your bass guitar as a paddle. So uh, as there's no Harley, usually we start off with him talking about what he done din. What did I do? So we can't talk about it. So what we're going to do instead is I'm going to play some music for you. Um, this guy is playing locally in Ipswich this weekend. Stick around for the gig list to find out where and when. This is A.D. Johnson with Problems of Your... That was the marvellous A.D. Johnson with Problems of Your Own. He's going to be around in Ipswich this weekend, so stick around for the gig list to find out. Actually, I don't think it even is the weekend. I think it's during the... Yeah, it's a weekday. So I've got weekday gigs for you, ladies and gentlemen. That's, it, it doesn't happen often. So I'm live on Facebook Live at the moment, uh, on the Harley and Josh Show Facebook page. So all you've got to do is facebook.com slash Harley and Josh Show. Uh, they, all you, you need to do is just come on there and give me what you want me to talk about. Um, if it, as long as it's nothing gross, uh, you know. Uh, so uh, w- if you're listening to this on the podcast, though, too late, they mate, too late. So as Harley's not here, and it's not a very musical month at the moment, apart from stuff that I do in my spare time, um, I thought what I should do is just talk about newsworthy things happening kind of recently, either in the UK or around Suffolk and East Anglia. So the first one I want to talk about is some interesting things. Music news, music news, here we go with music news. Oh, bringing it back. Um, so the first annual review results for a major recorded music market in 2019 are in. Uh, they offer some brightly positive news for the entertainment business, alongside one very large, very important question, namely... If streaming revenue growth starts significantly slowing down in the world's biggest recorded music markets, what will it mean for labels and their valuations in the years ahead? So this is alongside the news that um, the growth of streaming platforms has started to slow down. Um, there's, you know, there's still a huge, huge um, you know, contributor to how much the, the music industry earns uh, in the UK and around the world, but how much they've grown between years has started to slow down. So what I want to talk about is what that could mean. So before all of that, though, here's the skinny. According to preliminary results from the Entertainment Re- Retailers Association, consumers in the United Kingdom spent £92.9 million more on recorded music in 2019 than they did in 2018. So they have they, people are spending more. Um, in total, UK music fans spent £1.41 billion on recorded music across all formats in 2018. So it's up 7.1% on the previous year, which is 2018. And that in 2018, it was £1.32 billion. So it shows that people are buying recorded music, well, paying for recorded music more than ever, 
but that really has been driven by the streaming uh, sort of boom uh, in the past couple of years. The amount of money spent on CD albums in the UK last year fell 24.7% to £217 million, according to ERA's figures. That was not only down by £71 million on the prior year, but it was also less than half the size of the £468 million generated by the CD format as recently as four years uh, ago in, in 2015 you know, compared to 2019. So that's interesting that, you know, CDs have dropped by £217 million worth in sales. Um, but we still, you know, the, the, the figures are still going up because we are still spending more money on uh, on recorded music than we have since, you know, sort of the MP3 boom and the dot-com bubble b- b- burst. But, you know, it, we're still kind of in a bit of a crisis when it comes to CDs. So overall, UK consumers spent £318.1 million on physical formats last year, which is down 17% on the £382 million they spent in 2018. Um, however, it, 2019's physical figure was helped by vinyl LPs that has gone up quite a lot, which saw annual UK consumer expenditure rise 6.4% to 97.1 billion. The, the, the same figure we said earlier. So download sales in the UK. So, you know, we're not going to overlook that. They tumbled again last year to uh, 89.7 million, less than half the size they were three years prior in 2016. So they're a you know, there used to be a very big deal. You know, when you think about iTunes, you think about Bandcamp, you think about Big Cartel, that kind of stuff. Um, people just aren't using it as much anymore. So, you know, streaming has really overtaken that, uh, you know, in terms of convenience anyway. And as the eagle-eyed amongst you, or eagle-eared, uh, will have noticed, uh, subscription streaming services, uh, they now generate more than three times the amount of money spent on physical music. So, it's it's one billion pounds uh, for streaming services, uh, um, so it's it's three times the amount of money spent on physical music, uh, CD plus vinyl and other formats in the UK. In fact, subscription streaming was responsible for more than two thirds the total UK recorded music market last year. So that's seventy one percent. So I mean, you know, live music is still, you know, a big earner. Uh, you can't really uh, you can't really stream like that. We've talked about on the show before about VR. We've talked about how um, you know holograms and stuff like this are trying to sort of add to the live music experience, but we're not really talking about them being replaced anytime soon. However, when it comes to recorded music, that's a different that's a different beast entirely because you know that. There's, there, is, there are people doing AI uh, um, re- uh, compositions now for, for sort of royalty-free videos on TikTok and YouTube and Twitch, which we'll be getting to later on. Um, and so, you know, when, when it's, it's sort of non-human created, algor- uh, you know, algorithm sort of generated music. And also we've got the problem with, um, you know, the writers not getting the right you know royalties spotify not paying enough um so yeah it is it is an ongoing story so you're going to have to just stick around with the show for us to be p- reporting on it so what do you guys think what do you think do you think we're in uh, in jeopardy if this is this, this drop in you know uh, um, streaming um je- you know revenue is to continue do you think that's going to end up really affecting our music industry let us know i'm going to uh, i'm going to play some more music for you guys uh, because we have no Harley today. <laughs> um, I'm going to play you some amazing music by the incredible Hot Tramp. Hot Tramp! So 
That's uh, Birds and the Bees by Hot Tramp, uh, soon to be featured in my mini documentary that I'm making for BBC Suffolk. So stick around and keep your eyes peeled on the Harley and Josh Show Facebook page to find out when that's going to be aired, etc., etc., etc. So let's talk more news then. Let's talk more news. Well, this one, I don't really have any details about. Last one was very, very factual. Hi, Andrew, on the on the Facebook Live. Um, well, Jeff, hi, Jeff. Um, so, yeah, think about um, the, the Ipswich region. Ipswich region has been, well, it was the Gaumont before. It was a cinema, wasn't it? Um, it's such a beautiful building. I used to work there years and years and years and years and years and years, and years ago um, when I was sort of 17 till I was about 20. Um, did all sorts of different jobs there. Uh, I went in as just front of house for the pantomime because they do a pantomime there every Christmas and I needed some Christmas money. Um, so I went in, figured out I absolutely adored it. And there's so many different um, different jobs you can do within a theatre. You know, you're not only sitting there going, um, okay, I've got um, the front of house, I've got the merchandise that you can do. Um, you've got a kiosk, uh, you've got selling ice cream and stuff. Um and all those sort of bits, front house. Um, but then there's the backstage stuff. You know, I also joined in and did, you know, just stagehand, um, uh, helped with lighting, helped with sound, uh, just doing these loadouts and set, you know, sort of setting up the scenery, all that sort of stuff. Never anything, you know, that was like, you know, I I was in charge of lots of things. I was just in charge of merchandise for for some big gigs and 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 um, and, uh, and the pantomime and stuff. So it is, I love that. I love that place. I'll always love it. Um, and I want to see it used even more. Um, and this kind of new revelation, well, I say new revelation, they've been talking about it for years, could be a thing. They're thinking about putting in uh, removable seats. So uh, kind of seats that you kind of fold away, maybe into the ground or completely take them out or, uh, you know, put them against the sides, uh, fold them down completely on themselves and maybe cover them up. There's not been any specifics about this is me, you know, this is purely conjecture. Um, but I know that it's been talked about from sources of mine. And I think that would be a wonderful idea. Um, the seats in there are actually mad comfortable. I remember I, when I started working there, it was just after they'd had the refurb, so they had all the old tatty seats thrown out. Um, some people did have um, have them have like have one sort of they bought one like of the old seats because they knew that they sat there when they watched the Beatles or the Rolling Stones or something. And uh, if they had those really comfy seats, you know, that they've got now, which are really good for you know sort of the the, the non massive shows or just the shows where the audience aren't up for you know standing the whole time um i think it's a good idea to to keep that comfort there but if you have an you know that's about 1600 people you can get in that uh, into that auditorium if you think about that what how that capacity and the kind of crowds you know kind of bands that could be that could bring so the crowds you can get in there um attract certain bands right so i mean you know i remember working for you know status quo when they were there uh motorhead thin lizzy you know big bands that you know that granted you know that it's, it's not their kind of heyday but they still have a very big fan base uh you know that's the kind of big names that you can draw but then think about you know the kind of the kind of bands you get into um you know canning town or like you know stuff in camden where they've got good standing venues uh, like the Forum, the Electric Ballroom and stuff. Um, Kentish Town is what I'm trying to think of there. Um, that kind of place. Or, you know, if you think about uh, the Brixton Academy, 
those kind of places are a similar size to the region, um, but they have standing space um, and they're very much used as standing space venues all the time. Now, if you think of the region, if the region was doing stuff like that, then we could get big, you know, touring metal bands coming down, big touring hip hop acts coming down. Um, I, I, I keep saying I'd really want to have idols in Ipswich. That would be amazing. I mean, you could have the Corn Exchange. Uh, the Corn Exchange isn't as big as the region and they do do standing gigs there. But I think when you've got such a big stage and something that you know is purpose built as a performance area, whereas the Corn Exchange is kind of like multifaceted, you can, you can use it for lots of different things. I think if you had the region ready with standing space, um, that would be absolutely great for our town. And uh, and yet the, the kind of acts you get in there would be completely different. So what do you guys think if you're listening live to this or if you're listening to this on the podcast? Um if the region, uh, you know, if, you, if you're not even from Ipswich, look up the region, look at look up its history and look at who's played here because there's some big names that have played here in the past and, and there were big names in the day that they were playing, you know. So we could still attract those kind of big names here What and removing the seats, you know, for specific nights could be the thing. So do let me know what you kind of think and, and if you think of like a specific band or artist you'd love to love to love to see um, that would really really help us uh, to know you know what we like here as, as musicians and, and music fans so here comes my bit of self-promotion which is like the whole show right um, I'm going to play some of my own music uh, Harley played bass on this so he's technically here then still isn't he this is Demons by me Dropper. That was me. That was me, Josh Lock with Demons. That is now available on Spotify, etc. If you like that, please do share it. Give it, a, give it a bit of knowledge. If you like this, please like it, share it, uh, and let people know about it. Um, it's very, very much appreciated, and it's just essential to how things get spread and how things, uh, you know, you know what we do on this show we like to be kind of a an inform information information show um to sort of you know because we have insider knowledge on what goes on within you know local industries local music industries as well as national and international things um that knowledge just doesn't usually get out there because it's usually uh, learnt from a degree or learnt from just slogging it out for years and years and years and years and years so you know if you if you think people could benefit from our knowledge, please do let people know. So, having some really interesting discussions on the Facebook Live, so if you want to get involved, please do. Now, this is another bit of local news which I like. Um, actually, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna alternate it. We've just done local news. I'm gonna do some some global news. Actually, let's get global on it. So, Twitch Music Initiative moves ahead. Music Partnership Manager has been announced. Now. If you're not familiar with what Twitch is, Twitch has has started out as a, a game streaming platform. Um, and it, so for people that, you know, are really good at playing games or they're very knowledgeable about stuff or they're just funny characters, uh, you can go and watch them on Twitch. It's been around for absolutely years now. I forgot about just how long it's been going for. I think it's like... 2011 2012 when it first started and it's still people sitting there going this new thing twitch it's like no mate this is almost this is at least eight years old <laughs> so 
you know, that this is exactly how these things start. As they have something specific, they are a, you know, we are specifically for people who play games and stream it so other people can watch them play games. Or, you know, like, you know, part of tournaments and stuff. You know, YouTube their original phrase was what broadcast yourself it was made for people to put up their home videos and uh, for people to sort of rate them and you know that that you know just to sort of have a little insight into other people's lives so you know that's that's what it started out it is totally different beast now right so and that's i mean oh, crikey we're sort of 16 years down the line with with uh, with youtube now something like that so with uh, with Twitch, that's what's happening now. It's starting to it's starting to sort of grow into different areas. Now, what's happened is that um, so yeah, most people think about it, it's just games, but Twitch Music Initiative may have changed that. Athena Kumis, uh, who did work for Spotify actually, um, recently updated her link LinkedIn to say that she works with Twitch. She says, "When I learned Twitch was officially expanding into the music space in 2020." I knew this would be the right place for me to continue my work, helping music communities thrive. Okay, yeah, if you, if you want to help music communities thrive, maybe not, don't do it on Spotify but, or Twitch, but, you know. Um, Athena Kumis served as Spotify's North America editor, Music Culture, where she curated the Fresh Finds playlists and the Pride Hub. She later joined Excite Networks in October 2018. Her LinkedIn profile confirms she joined Twitch last month. So yeah, it's we still don't completely know um, what Twitch intends to do with when it's as it's expanding into sort of different uh, you know musical areas. Uh, you've got this um, lots of music that they have as part of their databases that you can use in Twitch videos. So while you're playing a game, instead of it just being you know you walking through the woods and all you can hear is like the foot footprints you know footsteps they'll have and you know you shooting your gun every once in a while <laughs> there's there's a uh, music they've got in the bank that is either royalty free or they've pla they've paid for the royalty uh, it was creative commons kind of style thing um that you can use same as you know same as youtube um and same as tiktok now and so that's where all of these sort of video um, you know, providers or, or sort of like platforms are expanding into because they they've been stung quite a few times now with lawsuits by artists saying, "Hey man, pay me," <laughs> which is absolutely fair. We should all be paid properly for our work. Um, but you know, these these big video platforms are thinking about their bottom line. They're big dollars, so they're trying to think about ways that they can sit there and say, okay, rather than outsourcing where we get music from, we're going to keep it in-house. Um, we're going to hire people that will work solely for us that know music law and also know, you know, the music industry to tell us where we're going wrong before we get sued a bunch. So, you know, it's kind of, so Twitch hopes to attract more non-gamer content creators with the rollout of Twitch Studio. It's an easy-to-use app designed to help those new to streaming get set up. Uh, Amazon wants to maintain Twitch's platform dominance. I think they're owned by Amazon, uh, but don't take my word on that one. When it comes to live streaming, uh, last year, a study in quarter three of 2019, that's very American, uh, found that Twitch accounted for 75.6% of all live streaming hours watched. So speaking of live streaming, I'm live on Facebook right now. Um, and think about, you know, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, all these places do live streaming. Twitch dominates them all. So that shows how big this company is and how they're moving into the music industry may have quite a big effect on, you know, the music industry as a whole. Hopefully it'll be a positive effect, um, you know, 
bringing more money into uh, publishers' pockets and uh, and you know songwriters and and composers um, as they submit library music to these platforms. You know, it might end up thinking you know, making people that are creative and, and creating you know content for people to use. There, that is a growing. Uh, business is gro- it's a growing job base uh, so you know there's a lot of people that you can uh, that could benefit from it but we'll have to see because you know all the different things that you think oh big companies doing this people will benefit from that sometimes trickle down just doesn't work does it <laughs> so anyway not to get into politics so what do you guys think? Again, let us know. We're live on iradio.co.uk right now. Uh, we're live here every Monday, 2 till 3. Usually I've got Harley. But next week, I've got the marvellous Bronwyn Cooper joining me from Underline the Sky. We've been threatening that we do this for ages. Uh, and uh, and I constantly keep asking her last minute. But luckily, she is free next week. So we are going to have a right laugh. And it's going to be very edutaining educational i'll take rainer's words for that one let's play some more music um we're halfway through the show and i want to play you a special track this has not been released yet this is by the wonderful leon o'leary drums by dan dolman uh this is released next week he's gigging this weekend so stick around to find out where this is beautiful end That was the marvellous Leon O'Leary, very talented young man. Uh, thank you for sending me that. That is one that uh, has not been released yet. He got in touch and just before it is going out, it's going out next week. Uh, I'm going to actually double check. Is it next week? Let me double check that because I don't want to give you some false information. Um, so 31st, the 31st. So I believe that's next week. Um, so that's going to be on all streaming platforms, etc. And our mate Dan Dolman, Mr. Dougal McFluff is on drums on that. Um, they posted a picture on Instagram earlier uh, of Dan recording at Decoy Studios in Woodbridge. Uh, there you go, Luke. There's another studio you might want to check out, Decoy Studios. Um, but, you know, punch is, punch is good as well. Um, so, yeah, here's a new section of the show. Uh, Josh looks at his calendar and tries to remember what he did last week. Um, so what did I do last week? <laughs> Who knows anymore? Um, it all blows into one. So looking at it, I had a lot of students. Um, uh, I came back last week with my first full proper week of teaching after the Christmas and uh, sort of New Year break. So, so I had, how many students did I have? I had six students in the evening, but then over the week, I think I saw about 60 odd different different students um for for different reasons and different instruments and you know for for different songs so it is you know a lot of the time you know what an earworm is right you know you you guys listening in what's an earworm it's really a german word which is exactly the same thing earworm um it's just you know when you get a song stuck in your head and you just literally can't get it out half the time that's because an interesting thing I heard from from a, a YouTube channel called Sideshow was the fact of usually you get these songs stuck in your head if you don't know all the words or you can't remember all the song. You just get one or two different parts of the song stuck in your head over and over again. Like, never gonna give, never gonna give, over and over again. You know, the, those earworms. I've got uh, hundreds of them per week <laughs> because, you know, somebody will be wanting to learn, you know, a catchy pop song which is designed to be an earworm. And, uh, and what happens then? It gets stuck in my head because I'm working it out. I'm, I'm, you know, figuring out the chords, figuring out the melody um, and figuring out the rhythms. Uh, and, uh, you know, it gets stuck there. 
So I was with Amy, uh, Logan, I had Alex, uh, Ollie and George. Um, uh, Ollie and George I haven't seen for a little while. Um, so that was nice to see them and see how they've been progressing on their guitars. Uh, one of them is also a drummer. Um, so seeing how he's also progressed on drums. I can't teach drums though because I'm awful at drums. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's been really nice to sort of catch up with people after Christmas and find out what they've been practicing, find out if, what new music they've listened to. Um, it's easier to find out with the teenagers. The um, you know the, the the primary school kids are usually like I don't know I didn't listen to anything. Like, did you watch anything? <laughs> like, I don't know. I just heard stuff on the radio, and that, I think that's much what I was like when I was in primary school. I, until I was about nine, I just liked what everybody else liked, and then suddenly I found like. ACDC, Nirvana and Metallica and I was like oh so this is what I'm listening to for the rest of my life so that's kind of what I find a bit of my responsibility as a teacher is is to just sort of um, uh, expose kids to new music uh, or, or new sounds they haven't heard uh, a lot of the time I'll be like have you heard this song before and it'll be something that I'm like this is well famous this is Sweet Home Alabama and they're like no idea um, so I'll be teaching them how to play it because it's three chords nice and easy just D, C and G um, and then they'll just be like oh I love this song and they'll come back the next week and they'll be like yeah my dad loves that song and then it, it starts a bit more of a dialogue with parents because I, I, half the time you know the par- your music taste starts with your parents um, so yeah and, and, and any sort of authoritative figures in your life so I'm trying to trying to not be just a typical music teacher and just be like just listen to the Beatles as much as I love the Beatles they don't do grindcore so you know, somebody's got to find that out some way. Um, also, I was on uh, BBC Suffolk last Friday night uh, with, on, with Georgie Jameson on her big night in, just talking about me because me um, and talking about the local music scene and, you know, all the things that I know about, <laughs> which is good. Um, yeah, it was a nice, fun, uh, fun interview that um, problem is whenever anybody gets a mic in front of my my face and they ask me a question it's very hard to stop me from answering that question so i'll just sort of end up going and I, you can hear her sort of trying to go oh follow-up question follow up, okay let him finish his point <laughs> so yeah she's having me on georgie and on sunday i was back there again because for the past couple of weeks i have been i've had the the immense uh, you know, sort of privilege of talking to some very interesting local legends and figureheads of the Ipswich music scene, just to ask them what it is about the Ipswich music scene that people like to complain about. Like everybody always loves to complain about the Ipswich music scene and and say, oh, you know, it's not as good as you know X X town, you know, this specific place I've been before. It should be so much better. Where's our mid level venue? All that sort of stuff, um, and. Uh, it's that's all good moaning about it but let's actually have a discussion about it and find out what it is so i've written uh, a, a sort of 10 minute documentary about the ipswich music scene with input well half, it's kind of half and half like this it's half sort of sound bites from these people so i got to talk to webby angel bromwin paris robbo as well as jason whittaker um and that was just yeah, that was it was so interesting talking to these people. Um, and just anybody I, I meet with these days, I'm just sitting there going, okay, what do you think about the Ipswich music scene? Um, you know, talk to me about it. Let's find out what you think is uh, is important, what needs to be changed, uh, what's really good. I mean, what's there's so much that is really good. And I was, uh, you know, 
realizing that more and more as I was going on going along and also the, the there's a soundtrack underneath it of music solely from Ipswich itself just from Ipswich artists and just going through that and, and hearing the differences because I've got Ashton Jones on there I've got Reno and Rome I've got Hot Tramp um, and I've got some of my music on there and but just hearing them all by side by side how different they are and just sort of how vibrant it is you know we, we we've got to love it so Anyway, I'm going to stop talking and play some more music for you, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this band is also playing in your locality. Um, they're playing with Leon O'Leary, who you just heard, and Underline the Sky uh, this weekend. Stick around for the gig list to find out where. This is a new band for the Harley and Josh show. This is called, the band's called Blood Like Honey, and the song is called 67. They're from Norwich. Check it out. That was the incredible Blood Like Honey with the song 67. That is available on all good streaming platforms. If it isn't available on it, then it's just not a good streaming platform because that is a great tune. The, the production is amazing. It's self-released. I'd love to know who did the production on that one. Uh, a lot of the songs that we play on the show aren't sent in or anything like this. Um, music. that you know They're not kind of like given to me with a big press release. I'm searching them out. I'm finding them and just playing them whether I know who they are or not. Usually I just like, uh, where are they from? Are they gigging locally? Okay, done. Anyway, let's 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 do a bit more da, 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 da. music news. Um, so, uh, what have I got written down here now? What have I got? Uh, so I was talking about uh, Twitch music before. This time we're going to keep it local. We're going to talk about Stew Market music. Um, Stew Market have. Uh, yeah, they've got the, the John Peel Centre, which is an amazing venue, um, and it's a great idea. Um, you know, John Peel, famously from Stone Market, the amazing you know Radio 1 DJ that just brought so many bands to light that would never have seen the light of day. Um, and now, a former Nat, Nat West in Stone Market um, has been taken over by the John Peel Centre. So right next door to uh, the John Peel Centre. Now, some this this has been going on for a little while. Um, but we haven't reported it on the show. And uh, and for anybody listening in that didn't know that this is happening, uh, they're hopefully going to make this into a you know an extra area for the John Peel Centre uh, for multiple different things, not just live music, but other creative things and a community space for people in Stone Market that need it. So planning permission for a change of uh, use to food and drink, assembly and leisure was approved unanimously last summer. And now, by working with the John Peel Centre, we can start to think about exactly how that could work and how we might showcase the town's many attractions from this central site. It is right in the middle of Stone Market, right there. I mean, you know, where the town centre is. Um, if you've not been to the John Peel Centre before, get there, check it out, look at who's playing there. They do get some big acts coming along. Um, so, yeah, do check that out. And, and if you know Stone Market, you know how central it is natwest is uh, i mean you know you, you kind of have to go around the back of it to get to the john peel center which kind of takes it off the the pub crawl kind of route i suppose um but if it's if the natwest is in now and it's a lovely old building if that becomes now like an entrance point to it that's going to make it so much more visible uh, and so much more kind of like you know in people's mind when they're out on the night out listening they're going oh, okay what's this new place because it's not a new place but as it's got a new entrance there'll be some people sitting there going oh i've got to check out this new digs you know um mid suffolk district council purchased the building 
which had been vacant since NatWest's departure in September 2017. Um, having submitted a, plan- a planning application to change the use of the Grade 2 listed building to a mixed uses building. So that's the, that's the thing, because as it's a lovely old building, uh, you do get this, uh, you know, people getting very precious with what it should be used for. And think about how many places in the UK, well, England and, you know, Scotland and uh, Ireland and Wales, would would not be used if we were too worried about grade two listed buildings. Um, well, just old buildings in general, because most of the buildings in the UK are old. It's an old place. <laughs> you know, if, if you look, well, the Swan that was in Ipswich, uh, I think it was built in the 1500s. And that place was so good for live music. And it was just, it wasn't trashed, but it felt like the place was going to fall down every time that they, you know, we played music. But if people were sitting there going really, you know, uh, cautious about what they should do with old buildings all the time, then we just sort of wouldn't do anything. In the UK, we'd constantly be having to build new buildings uh, and find new places to showcase this stuff. So um, it's good that a council is sitting there going, right, okay, this old building not being used, let's use it for something, you know, and, and especially something good. Because it's, it's very heartwarming to hear that an old building that has been left dormant for years is being used for live music and not being converted into flats. <laughs> That's just happening everywhere. Um, so, yeah, what do you guys think? Let me know. Uh, do you think that there isn't enough space uh, for it already and there needs to be, you know, more more developments? And, you know, it, do, we, do you think we need a John Peel Center style thing like that in Ipswich? Who knows? But... But before anything else, I want to get into some fun stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been wonderful today. Um, There is a game on the Harley and Josh show page, which is um, just blowing up. It's great fun. Um, So uh, the question today is, I've got to do it properly, haven't I? What? Is the best story behind a band name that you know? So I'll start. The Foo Fighters, back in World War II, allied flying aces referred to UFOs as Foo Fighters. So, there's loads of people that have come up. Um, Dirk Forsdyke from Bravo School of Rock, Stone Markets, uh, on Saturday mornings, which I teach at. Uh, Hello, Dirk. The Levelers, his favourite band. The Levelers were a group of radicals who, during the years of the English Civil War, challenged the control of the Parliament. They were far ahead of their time in their political thinking and were probably the first libertarians in the world. So, that's what the Levelers, uh, who I've gigged with, actually, um, uh, that's what, how they were, how they were, um, they were named. So, Nigel Bowyer, uh, sorry, mate, you were beaten to the punch there, but, you know, um, uh, so, oh, they're going to the gig. Don't think I've seen them 26 times, though. Maybe 12 or 13. That's pretty good. Uh, Daniel was going to say that, and Steph Evans was going to say it as well. So, yeah, a lot of people do, do love the levelers. Uh, Nick Albert Smith from the amazing Rad Pit says, I love the Cliff Richards Biro anecdote that inspired Biffy Clyro's name. Always makes me chuckle. Now, uh, somebody else, I think it was Andy Barlow, um, came up with that. Uh, gave me that. So basically, there was, you know, one of the members of Biffy Clyro in school had a had a biro pen that had a picture of Cliff Richard on it. So they called it the Cliffy Biro, and then they just spoonerized that to Biffy Clyro, which is a great way. Um, Nigel, uh, interesting point here, um, said that Led Zeppelin 
He says, I think Page and Plant called their new band that because critics, other musicians, said they would go down to earth like a Led Zeppelin. And actually, I can help you with that because that was actually uh, a conversation they had with some musicians and Keith Moon. And apparently it was Keith Moon that came up with it and said, because it was supposed to be that they were going to be the new Yardbirds uh, because obviously Jimmy Page was from the Yardbirds and uh, they sort of assembled this you know, ragtag group of amazing musicians. And... Uh, and, and they said, well, we've got to change the name because we can't just be the new Yardbirds forever. They said Led Zeppelin. And they took the A out in case people called it Lead Zeppelin. You know, kind of like with uh, Def Leppard. Apparently, they were, they, that was just something that he wrote on. Uh, you know, um, oh, one, of the, one of the members wrote on their, like, journal when they were a kid. They just said Def Leppard, how it was spelt. And then they, he brought it, to, uh, brought it to the band. And they were like, yeah, let's just take it out. Let's not spell it right because otherwise it will sound a little bit too punk. So, uh, Webby, 10cc... <laughs> I'm not, actually, I'm not going to talk about that. Uh, uh, Ali Hewitt also said that. Uh, look up the, the, the origins of 10cc. I'm not sure if I can say it on the radio. Um, uh, ooh, right then. Kasabian, Dan Gallagher. Um, we miss you, mate. Come back with Kid Mojo sometime soon. Uh, Kasabian, named after Linda Kasabian, getaway driver for Charles Manson, whose gang murdered Sharon Tate and some others. She testified against, the Manson, against Charles Manson and prevented a murder in the end. So, sort of a goodie. Um, nice one. Najboya again. You two named after an American spy plane. Yeah. Oh, Rich Webb, as we've talked about here before. Uh, has Steely Dan been mentioned? Now, Rich Webb told me the, the derivations of this one. Apparently, Steely Dan are named after a, a certain toy that you can buy from um, a site that you might want to be on a private browser. That's, that's all I'll say. <laughs> Um, Ashley Bell um, hello mate Jimmy World was a drawing by Jim Adkins little brother yeah after they had an argument and he locked himself in his room and just was so angry he, he sort of picked, drew a picture of his brother eating the planet and it just said Jimmy Eat World underneath it which I thought was great um, and he also yeah yeah. Rainer told me this one Ashley uh, Blink 182 originally just called Blink but there was an Irish band uh, issued when the season desist they just said 182 and I, it was just a random number. A lot of people said, so actually you're saying it was my ideal weight. It was the ship number that my grandfather worked on during World War II. It was the number of times Opportunity said F in Scarface. It's been loads of different reasons, but I think it's just a random number. I don't think it means anything else. Um, Sum 41, I think they formed the band Sum 41, 41 weeks after they'd started school or something. So um, right then, what else we got? What else we got? Uh, Kings of Leon by Nigel here named after their granddad who called the three brothers and one cousin, cousin his kings um, Kevin Fuller Hawkwind named for, ne- for member Nick Turner's uh, um, prodigious habit of spitting and flatulence <laughs> and the Pogues originally called Pog Morthoin Irish for kiss my shortened to, uh, to the Pogues after complaints received by the BBC now have you got an amazing story about how a band uh, a band name came that would be uh yeah, that that would be a really interesting story. Please do let us know what you think. So, let's get on to the very next important part of the show. The gig list. Uh, there's quite a lot of good stuff going on this week. Now, Wednesday, uh, we've got the Angel Open Mic Night. Merlin's back. Nice one, Merlin. I haven't seen you for a while. He's been going through some sad times. So love to you, my friend. Thank you very much for bringing back the the open mic night. If you've got stuff that you want to show to people, get along to the Angel this Wednesday, 22nd of January. Uh, The next one, Billy Bremner's Rock Files. Now, I'm going to try and get to this one. This Wednesday, 22nd of Jan at the Smokehouse. This is put on by Stephen Foster. Now, uh, Billy Bremner has played with Nick Lowe, 
Dave Edmonds, um, but he's also played with the Pretenders and Shaken Stevens. He's doing some rockabilly stuff, supported by the uh, the guy that we played earlier, Mr. A.D. Johnson. So if you like what you've heard today, and if you like any of those artists I just listed, get along to the Smokehouse this Wednesday, 22nd of January. Uh, we've got an altered hip-hop special, nice one, Darren, with Will Hunter, Revenant, Gorilla, Big Trexy, and Taz. This this Friday, 24th of Jan, at the Premier Pool Club, uh, was the music room. Next, we've got Scruff Myers, Mr. Superhands, uh, plus Hannah Rose, John Randall, and Shane Kirk. That's this Friday, 24th of January. That's at the Halberd. Used to be PJ McGinty's. Um, yeah, that'll be a good one. Scruff had a really good uh, album launch at St. Peter's last year. So uh, carrying on from that, let's hope that's a really good show. Uh, also on Friday, 24th of January, we've got iAlpha, TLO and Safe Nath. That's at Three Woes Monkeys in Colchester. Um, if you like your kind of dubstep mixed in with hip hop, go along with that. There's actually some great musicians in those bands. Um, so it'd be an interesting thing for you to check out. Uh, what else we got? Oh, so this this is my pick for this week. I don't usually do a pick for this pick for the week, but we've got Underline the Sky, whoop, whoop, Influx, Influx of Insanity, who we've played on the show before, Blood Like Honey, who we played just earlier, and Leon O'Leary, who we just played his new single earlier. They are playing this Saturday, 25th of January, at the Hunter Club in Bury St. Edmunds. That's this Saturday at 7 o'clock. That's a great lineup. That is a really great lineup. I'm not sure if you'll see those uh, four artists next to each other ever again. So you've got to check that out and support that one. And uh, the last two we've got here on the Saturday, we've got Infernal Frostbite are playing at the Brewer's Arms. Nice one, Andy. That is the Saturday, 25th of Jan. They're a Polish death metal band. They're being supported by Talking Sleeve from Ipswich. Not heard anything from them just yet, so interested to hear what they'll sound like. Um, I believe they're sort of like soundscapey kind of thing. I know they've worked with More and Scale and Dystopian Sound Collective, so in that kind of vein. And the last one we've got on here is Roma and Friends, the musical extravaganza. That's Sunday, 26th of January at the Railway at Foxhall Road in Ipswich. Uh, our good mate, Hope, is going on. Good luck, Hope. Have a great one. Have a good gig. You've, you're actually on the bill there. It's not a. It's not like a, I'm an open mic night and maybe I'll sing. You're on the bill. That's great. Keep going, mate. You're awesome. Um, we've got Noah Evans is on at 3 p.m. Nice one, May. Uh, yeah, he's good. You've got to look that look him up on Spotify, etc. As well, we've got Adam Thomas at 3:30. Uh, the amazing Rob, Rob, Rob at the railway. Rob Lewis at 4 p.m. And headlining the whole event is Roma. Um, so you've got to get around there to see the next wave of musicians that are going to be taking over Ipswich Town over the next few years because all those guys there you know they're teenagers very young or some of them actually might actually not even have broken 10 years old so <laughs> who knows it's going to be yeah it's going to be a great gig and you've got to really support these youngsters and, and let them know that we want them around so uh, we've come up to the end of the show, ladies and gentlemen. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. If you've got some more uh, info that you'd like us to talk about um, and, you know, stories that you'd like us to talk about on the show, please do uh, give us a shout. I'm going to be back here next Monday, 2 till 3, with Bronwyn Cooper from Underline the Sky. <sighs> the crowd goes wild. Um, I don't know what to finish the show off with, ladies and gentlemen. i tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to play one of my favorite songs i've found recently from the local music scene and favorite 
you know, like this is a discovery from uh, a band that I'd not heard before. This is a band called Perilla. Uh, they got in touch with me to say thanks for playing us last week. So uh, I'm going to play play you again because you're nice people and you say thank you for these kind of things. Um, I'm Josh Locke. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, we'll see you again soon. Love you. Bye. Bye.